Man, I can't believe this is happening. A new baby, the in-laws are in town for the holidays, and yet, I somehow managed to have enough time for a day at the slopes. And here we are at the top. Whee! Hey, I know you. Whoa, Wicked Sephiroth. Hey, hi. How are you able to move so freely around the slopes? Oh, those are just my residual boss powers. I'm not a boss here, though. Here I have a very special role. What's that? I'm on the lookout for Yeti. There are... Y -y 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 yeti Of course there are. What would life be without enemies? Uh-oh, here's one now. Oh no, it's really fast. What do I do? Hmm, I should probably have read the instruction manual. It's getting closer. Oh no! This is gonna hurt. Hey, what happened? Where am I? Wait, I've been here before. Huh? Nice job lighting the menorah with your fire two spell, Josh. Hey, thanks. I've been pra- Ah. Emily, what have you done with the Christmas tree? What do you mean? I decorated it, as one does. Oh no. Your necromancer powers have gotten so strong that they are affecting everything you touch. The Christmas tree is glowing with a sickly aura. I know! I've come so far since the early days. I'm kinda proud. Hey, it's Emily and Josh. Could it be? We're back in the bar. Wow, this is great. It's just like old times. But... I don't think they can see us. I mean, I think it looks hella tight. <laughs> I guess. Where did you get those awful ornaments anyways? Wait, I have an idea. Follow me to the Christmas tree. I think I know what you're thinking. You go first. Plus, we won't have to throw our tree away. It should live forever in this state. I guess, but... Ah, what the heck? Is that you, the dad? And wicked Sephiroth? Fancy seeing you under the tree. Yes! Santa got my letter! You know, you should really go easier on Emily. I'm pretty sure she imbued this tree with transdimensional properties. And pretty lucky, too. With all that snow coming down out there, I was really starting to think we weren't going to summon any special guests this year. Yeah, we're not exactly sure how this all worked out, but it's great to see you guys. Well, Emily, my apologies. I had no idea your necromancy powers would yield such a Christmassy miracle. Merry dismantling stereotypes, miss. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the VGM Jukebox. I'm Emily. And I'm Josh. Each week, we play tunes recommended by you, our patrons, and we also read your testimonials. And by week, I mean <laughs> transdimensional time sphere. Oh, it's good to read the old intro, you know? Mm-hmm, which I forgot to rewrite. <laughs> but yeah, welcome, everybody. We are doing a special holiday show of the VGM JB. It's a reunion. Yes, it is. With Not some an ounce of rust guests. on you guys. That's right. With some very, very special guests. So with us, if you didn't recognize them from their voices or their saying of their names during the intro, we have Ian, a.k.a. Josh, you have to do this for me. We can't separate! 
<laughs> of the boss parade. Yes. And the dyad, or Ben, or the oh, dyad. And by boss it's parade, me. oh, hey, hey, Ben, the dyad, uh, from The Dyad Presents, a VGM music podcast. And uh, if when I said boss parade, that sounded like Wicked Sephiroth was in some cool band. Well, what I meant was he was uh, in our boss parade, boss parade tier of our Patreon, and he won the draw to be on this year's Christmas episode. That's right. There was a raffle, and his number came up. So here he is, and we're really excited to have you with us, Wicked Sephiroth. You guys might remember him from such things as the Metroids karaoke mm. and other such things. His excellent Final Fantasy dissertation. So, I think this is going to be really fun having all of us here together. It's great to be here. I um, still, whenever I see Metroids now, I say it in my head in your voice. <laughs> Mama, <Ma-ma-ma> Metroids. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, <clears throat> you guys are going to have to forgive me because I am getting a cold, um, kind of part and parcel to the holiday season. So if I sound extra gravelly, if I sound a little Kate Mulgrew, that's what's going on. But uh, you know, traditionally on these episodes, we've asked our visitors to share some tracks uh, in a kind of VGM potluck. So I think we can do that again. Yeah, guys? Yeah. <laughs> I and like I've how... brought my VGM appetite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we're talking about this like we haven't planned it. So, uh, so the dyad, do you want to get us started? Oh, let me just see if I have anything in my pack here. Oh, wouldn't you know what? I just happen to have a pre-picked track to offer up. Oh, so lucky. Uh, uh, I, uh, I have a track from the game Donkey Kong Country composed uh, this specific track. Wait, I learned hang, hang on to... a second. Yes. I got to plug Haju in. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to get warmed up a little bit. Boot sequence or startup noise for Kachu? It's analog. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Good. (laughs) Okay. So the game that I picked from is Donkey Kong Country. Uh, The composer of this particular track I learned thanks to Emily is Eveline Fisher. Uh, It's from the Super Nintendo and the track is called Northern Hemispheres. A classic.
So that was Northern Hemispheres from Donkey Kong Country, composed by Eveline Fisher for the Super Nintendo. Um, So the reason I wanted to pick this track is um, it's not like my favorite musically, and normally that is kind of what I'm what I gravitate to is something that is a lot more, uh, you know, catchable, singable, something with melody. But this track has much more uh, nostalgia for me, and I figured that this would be a better track to pick coming on your show, because I always associate it more with personal experience and nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, for me, takes me immediately back to visiting my cousin Ryan and playing Donkey Kong Country on his Super Nintendo. I didn't own the game at the time. And whenever we got to the snow stages and we heard this track, we were like, oh man, it's on. In fact, it is on like (laughs) Donkey Kong. And uh, I just, this triggers something in my brain still when I hear it and I tense up and I kind of like, now it's time to buckle down. We're never gonna get past this if we don't, we don't gotta focus. (laughs) <laughs> this is, of course, we're talking about the barrel stages, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm like hearing the barrel sound effects in my head when I hear this music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking of because I don't even really remember the tune from the level. I just remember the endless. Yeah, so you can, there's the, and the, like the snow starts, it's uh, snow like in the foreground, so it, kind of obscures the platforms and stuff uh there's the one level where it kind of starts slowly and then builds up to a blizzard and then there's another level level later that is a blizzard at the start and kind of tapers off the further you get but uh, many a young dyad's donkey kong country run was compromised by the blizzard levels oh no yeah that was impressive effects back then for sure this is a game i have not played through but i do have a friend who recently bought the super nintendo the baby super nintendo just to play this game (laughs) the baby super nintendo uh yeah the future baby super nintendo um but i I like the uh common the combined feelings of tension and nostalgia yeah what other feelings can you combine with nostalgia i wonder yeah, ten- tense nostalgia is not something I guess I would have thought that I have, but yeah, mm. that is what it is. There's like sad nostalgia, maybe joy nostalgia. Is there like bloodlust nostalgia? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah, my oh, first yeah, there's genocide. Definitely, there's definitely bloodlust nostalgia. That's like, do you remember that time that we took the troops into the whatever, you know? That's oh, just yeah. sharing war stories, right? Sp- speaking of good band names, by the way. Bloodlust Nostalgia. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's one. I called dibs on that. Talk about nostalgia. Uh, when I was a kid, I did just about everything there was to do in this game. And so I traded it to a friend of mine for Final Fantasy 2, a.k.a. 4, which was my first foray into RPGs. And that changed my life forever. Oh, wow. That, that's a good trade. Yeah, I felt so. I recently played through this game couple summers ago and I didn't have the manual so there were a lot of tricks that I didn't know that I've since I basically have since learned that I was playing the game on super hard mode and didn't realize it like I didn't know 
I didn't understand that there was a difference in the weight between, right. you know, the characters and how they would interact with enemies. So there were some enemies I thought I had to jump clear over that uh-huh. I really could have knocked out. Um, but, uh, and I didn't know that when you do like a cartwheel or a roll that you can jump in midair out of yeah. the roll. Yeah. So, uh, so I was kind of like, why is this game so hard? And <laughs> then, and then, you know, my friends were like, oh man, Emily, you were doing it wrong. But I still yeah, enjoyed the it. Yeah, roll, the roll jump was such a great feeling in that game. It made it different than a lot of other platformers. Yeah, that's true. I can't think of too many platformers where you can like kind of launch yourself intentionally off of a platform and then still kind of recover and actually use it as a tactic. And then Dixie, Dixie and two added the whole hair spinning thing. Uh, I was gonna ask, do they have one and two both on the baby Super NES? Oh, um, yes, maybe. But not three. Mm, you're gonna. I don't know. I just use emulators for all that stuff. Oh yeah, well, not everyone is. Uh, I don't know. People like playing on their TV or whatever. Uh, I I had fun with emulators, but I also like uh, console experiences. So I understand both both feelings. It's like I played the consoles for so many years, you know, I just, I don't want to get them out of the boxes and hook them up and plug in all the wires. It's easier just to do it on my computer. Oh man, that's Even why you gotta, that's why you gotta draw out the schematic and you've gotta, you've gotta <laughs> buy the switch and you've gotta like set everything up and use the Velcro ties and all that. That's my style. Oh, I've got the switch. Oh, you've got it. Oh, well, I mean like a switch box. Oh, <laughs> not not a no. I don't have one of no, those. Alas, <laughs> you need yeah. You need the frustration nostalgia to be a part of the hookup experience. Yes. So frustration like, nostalgia. Yes. Yeah. You got to put your shirt over the cartridge and then blow through it. Right. I was gonna say that's what that is. That is the frustration nostalgia of why can't I get this game to work? Why is that red light still blinking? <laughs> you know, Rob F was right though. I never had to blow on Sega cartridges, only the Nintendo ones. <laughs> mm, it is true. It is true. You guys are going to make me go to the mat defending Nintendo here. Oh, I... You know, are we... you know here's the Nintendo thing. It's just the front-loading issue. <clears throat> it's just no, a... it is. That, that's the problem. Is the, the yeah, because the connector pins didn't connect all the way. The top loads are a lot better. Yeah, I still don't even know how that works. Were they like little wire brushes that would slip into the cartridge or something like that? I don't... I, don't... No, I mean, I can tell you because I had to fix mine recently by bending them all back into place. So it's just... It looks like a harmonica, almost. Kind oh. of, you know, They're like thin. Long, and, and there's little, mm. like, prongs that are sort of... But they have, know, to, they have to bend around the plastic and then, like, flick into the cartridge or something? Well, so, like, the cartridge itself has... Imagine something really thin, like maybe like a piece of paper is where the actual cartridge is, and then the pin connector kind of sandwiches around it. So when I don't, but how could pushing down put it into that? I believe that pushing down will bend up one half of the pin connectors, so they become kind of loose. I might be wrong about the physics That's of it. That's what I mean by like little loose wire well, brushes or something. They're like... The, um... 
the front-loading one, you, you put the cartridge in, and it connects the pins, and then you have to press it down to, like, kind of lock it. So that pushing it in and pressing it down and then pressing it down to have it come back up over and over and over, that wears the pins out, you know, rather than just sticking it in and pulling it out like the top-loading one. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was a lot of motion, and that motion wore out the pins a lot faster. I almost get it. Especially if you changed cartridges constantly. Man, though, guys, I gotta tell you, I have such great frustration nostalgia for that toaster. I love that yeah. model of the console. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the front loader? Yes. I remember doing all sorts of cargo cult thinking, trying to get my Nintendo to play the game a certain way, or, you know, like have my little brother stand at a certain part of the room because <laughs> the airflow is better and we need to play Mega Man 2 right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mine got so bad one time, I had to, like, jam things on there, in in there, or, like, set something on top of it to anchor it down because it wasn't connecting. I could have gotten in there and bent the pins, like you said, but I thought about doing that. I never did, though. Family computer didn't have that problem. No. Famicom, yeah. You know what I used to do on the family computer, actually, is uh, intentionally kind of not put it in right and mm-hmm. see how the game would load? Yeah. You know, yeah. you might be able to play on like a completely blank screen or something for, for a little while that was fun i wish i could remember the artist's name but there's some woman who does like i don't know what she called it like glitch art or something that is inspired mm. by you know when the games were not in all the way and they would get kind of sort of corrupted graphics scrambled and things like that. yeah yeah did you guys ever have the game genie oh yeah well yep. later in life i did uh, me and my little brother, we found out just screwing around at random. If you put in Mega Man One and you put in the code Toyota, uh, it it like has some really weird glitches. Like you'll go into Gusman's stage and you'll just fall right through the floor. Like it makes a bunch of holes and, and you can't see it, you know? Huh? It's hard. There's enough. some odd things that you could do just putting in random codes. Cool. I never I never had anything cool happen. I'm envious of your your Toyota experience with Mega Man. Okay, tell me how you think, what you think of this. I went to the MoMA one time, and uh, they had this little art display. It was kind of like really clunky looking because there were wires everywhere. There was a Nintendo and everything. And Museum the, of Modern Arcades. <laughs> no, there's the MoMA <laughs> in uh, New York, the art museum. And uh, the I think the work was called Clouds or something, and what they had done was reprogrammed Super Mario Brothers, so it was just a screen of the clouds drifting across. <laughs> like the like little screensaver. Sm- it was like the little smiling clouds from the game. Oh, mm-hmm. happy clouds! Yeah, I thought that was good. That sounds very adorable and relaxing. I mean, not it. Now, it it is just sitting to there me. at the arcade like that. It was a museum. Oh, okay. A museum, an art museum. Yeah. Don't confuse people. The dyad, the dyad, <laughs> the dyad. And it's I mean, you didn't ways. specify what MoMA is. Not everyone knows MoMA. You're right. You're right. A museum, museum of modern, modern art. Why <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so, so I have to say that I'm because we're listening to this track right now. I can only imagine those smiling clouds drifting across to this music, and that is not relaxing. Mm. Yeah, they're like a little menacing. It's yeah. unnerving. It's like an invasion. Ooh, an I forgot. Even. You know what was interesting about making the loop this long was it didn't do the speed up until uh, minute fourteen or whatever. 
It just happened. Did you hear it? It's going faster now, right? Uh, oh, it gets a little tenser. Yeah. Does it? I think it's literally Maybe. faster. It feels like it does. Well, I heard it it's before. It's a little calmer at the beginning. I think the tempo boosted. Tempo boost. That's a good band. I'm not sure. Tempo, tempo boost. boost. Opening for, what was it? Bloodlust Nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we want to boost into the next track, perhaps? Well, I really hope that everyone else can come up with some tracks. Mm, I know, yeah. we're so unprepared. <laughs> On short notice like this, yeah, it's tough. But I got one in mind. I'm going what to... What a make... relief. <laughs> <laughs> hey, relax, everybody. I got this covered. Uh, we might not be boosting into something as much as settling back into mm. Devil's Course. The track is Menu, composed by those guys. Uh, Yumi Kinoshida, Shigekazu Kamaki, Shunsuke Minomiya, Yusaburo Shimojo, and or Akira Tamada for the Genesis. Let's take a listen. me Satan and get back on the golf course <laughs> the devil's golf course <laughs> grandma jazz from here to mm. the ninth hole 
I think if it actually was called Grandma's, or I mean Devil's Golf Course, it would be funnier. Grandma's Course? Oh, Devil's Golf Course. (laughs) Yeah. I like that addition. Yeah, you know there is a place called Devil's Golf Course in, uh... In Hell, right? (laughs) In Hell, and also in Death Valley, actually. Same thing. Uh, There's this part of Death Valley where the salt continues to crystallize on the ground and turns the dirt into like these weird little mounds. They kind of look like uh, if the earth was covered in zits that had been recently popped or something like that. (laughs) Nice. Anyways, it would be very hard to golf on it, so it's called the Devil's Golf Course, but I don't know where the Devil's Course is that they're referring to in this game. I don't know. So throughout your entire description of that, I still thought that it was an actual golf course, and I was like, that does not sound fun at all. But I realized it's just... That's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. They're just... Someone's having a goof. Yeah. Have you ever been to Death Valley? Uh, no. I've been to Craters of the Moon. It sounds somewhat similar to Devil's Golf Course. Yeah, it could be. You know, Death Valley has a very terrible name and it is a painful place to be at times but it is a national park I think so it's worth seeing <laughs> and we drove through there one time on a road trip and like you got we stopped somewhere at a gas station you get out of the car it was like walking into an oven yeah yeah, yeah cool. it was like 110 degrees hey so it says here uh, true golf classics wicked 18 known in Japan as new 3D golf simulation Devil's Course. Oh. Oh, but it also says originally released for the Super NES. This is a Genesis version. Oh, yep. I see, yeah. Was later, later released for the 3DO, Interactive Multiplayer, and the Mega Drive. We I wonder what the Super the NES research. sounds like. <laughs> nice. Do, you know, I know that their other uh, true golf classics are, like, based on real places. Wailea, um, Pebble Beach. Nokiseki. I think Augusta, oh yeah, Augusta, or whatever. So, I don't know, I don't know if this one's based on a real place, or maybe it's just the programmers being like, alright, now we're just going to invent a really difficult, hellish golf course. I don't know. I like the name Wicked 18 better. Oh, it's like you. (laughs) Yeah, you you would. Wicked 18. Wicked Sephiroth out there on his own. 18. Play as Wicked Sephiroth. Check it out. It says, it says the Devil's Golf Course is a large salt pan on the floor of Death Valley, located in the Mojave Desert within Death Valley National Park. Ooh. Ah. Yeah, pan. the Zitscape. The Zitscape. Yeah. Yeah. We get to golf on it. I have two thoughts about this. Number one, I like to think that before this game was localized over here, it was it was actually titled in Japan something like, you know, Grandma Jazz Golf <laughs> Monogatari no Densetsu. Um, but then also this idea of stepping out of your car in Death Valley and it being like an oven. I am very amused by the idea of pulling up to a gas station and opening the door and getting hit by that, but then hearing this music coming from like the rest stop and <laughs> just how kind of incongruous that experience would be. Yeah, what they don't, yeah, some people think. That hell would be, you know, listening to this song, playing golf on a salt flat, or a, what is it, a salt basin, 
when it's 110 degrees, what they don't realize is that I really like this song and I think it would really alter that experience. Turn it upside down for me, yeah. <laughs> it would make anything mm-hmm. better. Yeah. Death Valley heats you up and this song cools you down. Well, actually, I mean, speaking of that, while we were listening to it, we were noting, uh, Ben said that this track does have a like a holiday vibe to it. Mm-hmm, which sure. I agree with, and that's so interesting that you know this this game is not set in anything even remotely Christmassy, and yet somehow it can mm. be repurposed in your mind for that. Yeah. Rocking round the Christmas tree. Yeah, I was trying to think of words like walking around the 18 holes and a something sand trap something. The images I'm looking at are really weird because the background looks like it's it wood out there, you know, with like the red rocks and stuff. But then the grass is green. Wait, are you talking about the game? Oh, I thought you were talking this, about this Death game. Valley. I'm looking okay. at pictures of this game. Uh, that's funny. So <laughs> they really did make it like golfing in hell or something. Even, but look, <laughs> even in hell, the fairway is nice and green. Golf is heaven on. That's right. You know, <laughs> is like a portable heaven wherever you are. Josh, that just sounds like the line that your uncle would have on a t-shirt with like a bass on the front <laughs> even in hell the fairway is nice and green i think we got another good band name oh, yeah. in there too portable heaven <laughs> portable we're heaven. like we're like racking them up right now <clears throat> in this episode yeah. all aspiring musicians or musicians whose bands are on the edge of dissolving take note <laughs> you can have these Oh, you can't, you can't oh. have any of mine. You're going to need what? to talk to my lawyer. I'm going to need royalties. Are you your own lawyer, though? Sure. Yeah, I can make that work. <laughs> I really uh, like this solo, and I do like this part right here. Christmas time! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the devil's cause. Yeah. Open presents now. <laughs> Santa on his sleigh. <laughs> Is this perhaps a, uh, a karaoke possibility, Josh? You know, um, I'll tell you the truth about that, yes, but it got kind of blue kind of quick, so <laughs> I'll have to sing it to you some other time. I think, oh, really? Oh. I think maybe Brent Weinbach might appreciate it, but uh, I just uh, it, it just always went. You know, now I have some new inspiration for it, though. Yeah, you should make a Christmas-themed... Yeah, Christmas uh, karaoke for Christmas it. hell themed. Yeah, hellscape <laughs> Christmas. I should, see should it. I f- should I force you to do it by <laughs> doing an intro to it right now? You know, and what? I think it'll sound a little something like this when you drop it in this episode. This undead, take it away. Yeah, this undead Christmas tree is the perfect ornament for, for <laughs> undead Christmas right tree. Now. Yeah, using necromancy on trees. And there's new presents, but they want to eat you. I don't know. That was See, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. 
the magic is happening snacks. right in front of our eyes. Well, a lot of magical things happen uh, on the Christmas season. Maybe uh, even some new spells will be cast. Uh, Emily, do you have any uh, ideas of what you want to listen to this Christmas? Oh, man. Um, I wish I had more time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry about Should've that. Should have prepared. Yeah, uh, you know... I think, all right, here's, I have a track that I always wanted to play on the show and I just never got around to doing it, Mm. but now is the perfect time and I will explain why after we listen to it. We are going to be listening to a track from Toy Story for the Sega Genesis. Um, This is Inside the Claw Machine. The composers on this are Andy Blythe and Martin Jostra, and then also credited on the game are Randy Newman, who did the original score for the movie, and Patrick J. Collins, who we believe did the arrangements of specifically Randy Newman's tracks. So inside the claw machine, get ready for some serious Christmas feelings. that holiday spirit (laughs) that was inside the claw machine from the sega genesis version of toy story composed by andy blythe and martin jostra and it feels nothing like your toys are actually attacking you or anything like that (laughs) no not at all uh so well i first i'll explain what's happening in this level in this level um which is not really a thing that happens in the movie they've created a couple levels where you're actually kind of going through the guts of the claw machine so you're trying to navigate around tubes of coins where coins are shooting through and you have to time your uh you know your jumps and your passage through these things um but i i loved this track so much when i was a kid i remember the first time i got to this level i didn't even move at first i just put the controller down as we've talked about and just listen to it I just loved it so much and I still love it I think it's it's fantastic but uh, I never played it 
on the show. And then I actually had a completely different track lined up that was very sentimental and sweet sounding and kind of personally connected to the holidays for me. But um, I was just kind of just seized with this epiphany uh, one afternoon that I remembered that Ian Wicked Sephiroth had put up a post in the VGM podcast fans Facebook group saying, I wish people would play more of the Toy Story music in their podcast because it's so good. And I saw that post and I was like, yeah. And I don't think I commented on it, but that's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, I agree. And uh, always kind of meant to play this track, but uh, didn't. But with Wicked Sephiroth here, it just kind of all came together. So we're finally getting to hear it with somebody who also really enjoys the soundtrack as well. Uh, there's an interesting YouTube video about this um, soundtrack. They, they say that it's hardware-defying, and they explain the secrets of how they got it to work. I was just going to talk about that. It was a, it's Game Hut, right? Isn't that the guy who I don't remember did the it. programming for it? I forget who did it, but I've also seen this video. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. There, there are times where I feel like, yeah, I could make a game. And then there are times where I watch a video like that, and I'm like, oh, no. No, I couldn't do that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not smart enough for that sort of thing. They, like, squeezed an extra channel out by doing some shifty programming. By doing tricks. some some holiday season necromancy, in yeah, fact. Yeah. <laughs> they, they made a they... Christmas wish. Exactly, and then we got this track. Um, so, yeah, so I just, I think it sounds really good, and the Super Nintendo version of the soundtrack is the same tunes, but they sound very different. So if you want to hear a mellower version of this... With a, I think there's an actual piano sample in it instead of the sort of synth lead. Uh, have a, have a, have a listen to that. It's also very good, but just also very different feeling. So, and I was trying to remember actually if uh, Toy Story, I believe, came out around the holidays, didn't it? Wasn't it like a Thanksgiving slash? I, yeah, I bet it was. December. Yeah. So I can't remember. I can't remember when I got the game. But Although you know. I think back in that time, the holiday season was like a dead zone for movies, and they weren't really released that often then, but I feel like you're right, though. Something seems to remind me of the holidays with the Toy Story movie. So I guess one other weird uh, aspect to the Toy Story game in my life was that I actually played the game before I watched the movie. Ooh, I avoided Toy Story um, for a dumb reason. I remember seeing the trailer in movie theaters and the trailer was just of that part where Woody is saying, you can't fly, and Buzz is like, I can too, and then flies around the room, luckily, and lands and says, can. And I remember seeing that trailer and just thinking, man, this looks so dumb. That was that was my takeaway. Was this movie's going to be so dumb? So I purposely didn't go and see it. Uh, but a friend of mine had the game, and I borrowed it from him, and I really enjoyed the game. And I picked up basics of the story from the cutscenes that are in between. Um, and then I decided after playing the game and enjoying it so much that I kind of wanted to see what the movie was all about. And then, of course, it's one of the most clever and amazing movies of all time, in my mm -hmm. opinion. And I yeah. got very attached to it. So that taught me not to trust movie trailers <laughs> or my opinions of movie trailers. But, um, 
you know, I just, it's kind of weird to think that I, that I played the video game adaptation before I saw the movie. Did you ever have the experience in, like, elementary school? I think this was very big for me personally, where they had uh, novels of movie adaptation novels for, like, kids. Oh, yeah, definitely. And there would be instances where it would be an adaptation of a movie that was based on a book, and you'd just be reading, like, the most (laughs) watered-down, streamlined 40 pages of fiction that you could get. Three degrees of separation. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Hey, your your tag a on Christmas this... Christmas miracle. Your tag on this song also lists Alistair, Brim, Alistair Brimble as a composer. I don't know if that is correct or not. I'm not sure. I typically don't go by the tags necessarily. Okay. Well, I think that's probably I, uh, a good idea, but I figured I would point it out. No, thank you. Uh, but we have Electric Boogaloo on the case. Mm-hmm, of course. Uh, speaking of Toy Story, I guess Toy Story 4 is coming out soon. It's supposed to be good. My gosh. Tom Hanks said he, he was crying recording it or something oh, like that. Oh, no. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I, Woody. Did, did Tim what? Allen go over and punch him in the stomach when he saw him crying? <laughs> what does that mean? Tim Allen was crying too, uh, he said. Oh, my gosh. That's not the Tim Allen I know on TV. It broke even... The timmiest of Tims. <laughs> Did he even ask <laughs> for more of... power once? <laughs> no, that's probably what it was. Uh, and another movie news. Uh, I really wanted to talk about this. Yeah, please do. De- Detective Pikachu trailer? <laughs> Looks amazing. I mean, look. By the time this comes out, I guess that trailer will be a little old. But maybe I'll still be thinking about it because it looks great. It's hilarious to hear that voice coming out of that guy. I I know it is a big deal, but I I have not watched the trailer. Oh, it's so good. I thought, you know, I saw people talking about it, and I thought, oh, I guess it's like another... Because it's called Detective Pikachu, right? You're thinking, oh, it's going to be this cutesy thing. And then you watch the trailer, and it's the most... It's so 90s. It's lampshading things in exactly the right way while also conveying a severe love for the source material so it's not mean or edgy or anything it's just very very clever and also we're gonna get to watch a herd of Bulbasaurs trundling around what else do you need all right i'll look at the trailer (laughs) man you gotta see it i want you to tweet about it i want to hear your reaction (laughs) you're gonna keep your eyes out for a tweet at 2 a.m today (laughs) <laughs> Something that I thought about while watching the trailer was how interesting it will be that there there will have to be a not insignificant wave of children whose first experience with Pokemon is that movie. And like what what is what would that be like if you didn't start with like the the very optimistic, you know, young kid going out and exploring the world for the first time with their partner and you get this like really kind of clever funny uh you know what i'm saying like it's a very different feel from what the pokemon franchise has built itself up to be so i just kind of wonder what that would be like if that's if that was your starting point in the franchise i was introduced to playing red and blue right yep not like cartoon or anything you know yeah Mm -hmm. me too yeah i i know nothing about detective pikachu and I'm having a really fun time imagining it as a hard-boiled, like, 
film noir crime drama oh, now. Oh, I ben. think it is. Ben, <laughs> he's, ben. he's got a really deep voice. You gotta watch it. It's hilarious. It's gonna. You're gonna. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer, but I've I've looked at videos of the game. Oh, you haven't seen the trailer for the movie? Oh no. Oh cool, guys, cool. I'm so does, happy does for you. Does he talk like he does in the game? I've not mm-hmm. seen the game. Who plays the femme fatale? We're at this nexus point in culture right now. There's still some people who haven't seen it yet, but once everybody's seen it, we're all gonna like cross over into this new level of human understanding. And uh, <laughs> the sky's a slightly different blue now that I've seen the trailer. I guess I'll put it that way. The uh, it's just like it's it hits you in all the ways that you don't expect it. Yeah, Emily kind of put it well when she said clever but i i kind of feel like it's it's even more clever than clever somehow transcendent in some way i gotta watch this now (laughs) i'm just gonna enjoy being in the movie theater which is gonna be the most bananas cross-section of people you can possibly imagine it's gonna have everyone it's gonna have babies children Mm. teenagers adults like us Probably adult adults who are even more adult than us. And yeah, I think Josh is right. We're all going to just sort of, we're just going to all start glowing. And the force of our combined enjoyment is going to give rise to some kind of media captain planet. And it's going to make the world a better place. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. People that grew up with Pokemon, it's been around long enough that they now have children playing Pokemon. That's right. And they're children. And so the Ekans is eating its own tail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you guys may maybe have built up this trailer a bit more than it was for me earlier. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, well, I'm. Uh, you know, I'll say I'm glad I Emily likes it. I wasn't a hundo on what her feelings <clears throat> would be until this record. Oh, so good. But Loved I did want to talk to you about it because I thought it was just something, you know. I don't know. Uh, you know. Oh, we can we can talk about it more later I, I for sure of, at length. I kind of even don't really care if I see the movie. Just knowing that that world is out there is almost enough in a weird <laughs> way. When does it When does it actually come out? Is it? It's next. It's next Thanksgiving. Twenty nineteen, but next... they didn't give it a month yet. I don't think. Did they? All right. Well, let me put it out there Maybe right May now. If I'm in California at that time, let's oh, go see it tight. together. How about yeah, that? Super tight. All right. Yeah. Plan is made. Okay, I'll, I'll fly out too, guys. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> yeah, nice. And Wicked Sephiroth. All right, well. Drive through the uh, Death Valley again. Come, come and join us. <laughs> I'll bring yeah, my clubs. Right. Have a little round of golf. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, maybe, I don't know, Wicked Sephiroth, do you happen to have a track in your pocket too? So, what are the odds? I can probably find something. Take your time. I think you have a cat in your pocket. (laughs) Yeah, can you guys hear Moshi? Hi, Moshi. Hey, Moshi. Welcome to the bar. Moshi is is Swahili for smoke. I named her with the uh, Lion King method. Uh The Lion King method? Oh, just naming, okay. Yeah, you know, Simba is lion Lion. and Nala is mother, I think. I like it. I think uh, we might have, like, some cat kibble behind the bar i'll go look <laughs> just give her the po- just give her some blue potion it'll be what fine. do you know we do mm. no jo- no 
All right, well, I think I'm going to go with a track called Winter's White from Earthbound for the Super NES. It was composed by uh, Keiichi Suzuki and possibly Hirokazu Tanaka. strategy guide and everything. Uh, there was, like, one of them smelled like burnt diamond dog, and one of them was, uh, I don't remember the other ones. One of them was, like, puke or something. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, crazy. I did not know that Scratch and Sniff stickers came with this game. I love Scratch and Sniff stickers, and I especially love the idea of inappropriate Scratch and Sniff stickers. Smells that you would not normally make. Yeah, they were all weird stuff. Right. It's like the precursor to the disgusting jelly beans and things like that. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, it was the same kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to punish your senses. <laughs> okay, Wicked. Wicked Sephiroth. So, 
I mean, obviously, Winter's White from Earthbound is a very classic winter track, but why why was this the one that you uh, that you picked? Well, perfect for a snow in. This track has just a touch of melancholy, but also a warmth that brings to mind Christmas's past. Although those childhood days are gone, you will always have the memories. Oh, I like that description. It is kind of, it is kind of sad, isn't it? There's a bittersweetness to it. Yeah. I love this game, too. When did you, uh, I, I just want to ask Wicked Sephiroth real quick. When did you actually get around to playing this game? Oh, I played this, uh, when, when it came out and we got the game, I was a kid, you know, and we got it at the store. Uh, like I said, those big overlarge boxes, I was just, uh, mesmerized by the the whole display and the marketing it's too bad that it didn't sell well despite all that you are one of the chosen people yeah Yeah. very few people i think really did play when it came out but just gained that cult following uh kind of like most people saw big lebowski on vhs you know we didn't see it in the theater well, I remember, uh, so. I remember we had, you know, Final Fantasy 2 II and 3 on the Super Nintendo, and I was playing, uh, or maybe just 2 at that point, I don't know. But I was, I was playing all these medieval-style RPGs with the swords and the magic, and to just be a kid walking around with a baseball bat, you know, <laughs> like hitting dogs and crows and stuff, it was just such an otherworldly experience, you know? That's really awesome, and I think it's supposed to be kind of, like, reflective of this, uh childhood experience and even like a a boy's relationship to his mother so but i think when most people play that game it that was a nostalgic element where they were reflecting back on their own childhood so i think it's really neat that you played it as a child basically yeah and i played it many times since then it's just such a a warm fuzzy feeling cool do you like, um, what is it, Mother 3? Did you play that one? Oh, yeah, definitely. Mother 3 is awesome. Um, I actually played that, uh, I downloaded the fan translation uh, before it was finished. Like, they didn't, uh, they had the, the menus and the items all translated, but not the story. Oh. So it was really it was really weird because I played through the game without being able to read anything. It was all in Japanese. Mm. And then when the final fan translation came out and I was able to actually read the story, I played it again and I was like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> cool. I've done that. It's a very interesting experience to play a game that is untranslated and just try to decide what you think is happening in the story and then later find out, oh, I had that completely wrong. But that's kind of like childhood that's, or babyhood. That's true. N- Nintendo has hinted at maybe uh, maybe releasing this. People have talked about maybe on Twitter. I forgot there was no official release of Mother 3 until you said that. Yeah, Nintendo, they didn't say anything concrete, but they mentioned something about people want three mothers. They, they've acknowledged that the fans want it, but they haven't actually said whether they're doing it. Uh, I think that they're just keeping it under wraps. Maybe they're going to come out with uh, a 3D version of it. You know, what Mother 64 was supposed to be on the 64DD. If they made Mother 3 in 3D graphics in, you know, the Switch's Splendor, that would just be amazing. That'd be crazy. Then my tears would be in 3D, too. (laughs) I'm hoping that's what they're doing and just keeping it a secret. But, you know, cross your fingers. I'm a little surprised that they haven't done anything with the intellectual property. Like that's why I feel the like they definitely they are. I feel like that's very that's very I think Nintendo these days to keep something beloved close to the vest and then like 
hit everyone with it and yeah. the world goes bananas. I'm sure there yeah, would be seriously. a lot of fanfare and appreciation for like an HD remastering or whatever they're going to do, but I kind of, I mean, it's been, what, 20-something years since Earthbounds? I feel like they've got a whole cool world, a lot of characters that people like that they could do something with. But I guess beggars can't be choosers, and Nintendo will dole out what they see fit. Well, uh, the have dyad. Have you guys looked at the Mother Four game? Mother Four. It's it's a fan it, it's a fan game uh, that they're making. It, it's supposed to be coming out within the next year or two, supposedly. Uh, they took the mother game. They took the mother name off of it because they were afraid of being sued by Nintendo. But they're still making the game. They're just going to call it something else. They're taking like the, all the Mr. Saturns and stuff out of it. Oh, neat. Okay. Well, I think what we need to do right now is we all need to join hands <laughs> around this sickly tree, and we need to put up a wish. I mean, it's not sickly. The glow is sickly. Yeah. Well, right. It's more desecrated. I do think which... it is possibly <laughs> poisonous as well, uh, mm -hmm. so maybe sickly in that sense. Is but, there any uh, fruit on this poisonous tree? Because if there's one thing I learned... That nothing wrong can come from that don't I'm gonna say no but there is but no don't go looking for it but put up a wish that we finally get an official release of Mother 3 and that they do something with that IP yeah. Nintendo is in like in charge of our brains right now did you know that yeah like uh, not only are they putting out product but they are like creating <clears throat> just the right openings for these crazy memes that go nuts like uh Bowsette do you guys know who Bowsette mm -hmm. is? yes yeah. Bowsette is very good and um is that a female Bowser? yeah it's when it's the idea that like Peach's hat would would go on to Bowser or something like that and what would happen there's, or maybe it's here there's like so from what I understand versions, there's right? a there's a newer Mario game in which there is a female toad named Toadette and when she gets a certain power-up, she turns into Princess Peach, basically. But it's supposed to still be her, okay. but she's like just a taking... Like a version of Peach. When she wears her tiara or crown or something. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then the internet was like, well, what would it be like if we put a crown on a Goomba? What if we put a crown on a Chain Chomp? And then someone put a crown on Bowser and made Bowsette. And, and then everyone... And the crowd went wild. Exactly, yes. Well, you know, there's Bowser and there's baby Bowser, but where's his mother? Bowser. That's a good question. That's your mother. There you go. Oh, I know, I know what you're talking about. That's one theory um, <clears throat> that I will gloss over. <laughs> and uh, another thing they did recently was they put out a, uh, a commercial for, what's it called? Uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, but they didn't put any music for some reason, and then people started putting music into the commercial. Have you guys seen that? I have not. No. I think the the best one they did was uh, Queen, Don't Stop Me Now. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it, the internet is like littered with all these different versions of uh, pop songs, opera. Isn't the meme uh, just, just to put Guile's theme on it and call it an internet? I was just going to say that. Oh my gosh, why have I not seen that? I don't know, I'd like to see that. I haven't seen that, though. Uh, that'll be my second Google search or uh, tonight after uh, Detective Pikachu trailer. 
Really filling up that list. Yeah. It'll be check fun it for the for the listeners to go back and check my Twitter feed after they listen to this episode. You can pinpoint exactly when we recorded. <laughs> exactly <laughs> the moment. Here's all these yeah. dumb tweets about... It will sound so... Yeah, also it'll be so dated, yeah. too. Yeah. People will be like, Josh is talking about that thing from last month again. <laughs> well, to be fair, well, we're speak, also talking about which, stuff from 20 years ago. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate has already come out, right? Because we're in the future. Oh, you're right. I've played it a lot. It's great. Isabel! Isabel! Melee's better. I mean, Melee's the best one. <laughs> but yeah, so. When it, when is it coming out? I think it's coming out on my birthday, actually. December something? Yeah, December 6th, right? Maybe? Could be? Well, somewhere around there. Hey, everyone. Ben just dropped his birthday. Send presents. Yeah. Also, let me list off this address of places to send presents. <laughs> yes, read your address on the air. And just in case you want to send me any money, I'll give you my bank account number here, too. Yes, please. That's how it works. Start after the double zeros. Pennsylvania Way. <laughs> is that what it is? I don't Pennsylvania know. Avenue, right? Pennsylvania Avenue. Okay. My address is Thank in God. Death Valley, Devil's Golf Course, USA. <laughs> USA. <laughs> I live with the Undertaker, who is from Death Valley. <laughs> That's what I was. I was trying not to make an Undertaker reference. Right I will. Now. I've been trying well, since this whole time that we've been reference? recording to not make an Undertaker reference. And you know exactly how much, how long I can hold out from making an old school wrestling reference, and it is approximately an oh hour. Oh my gosh, we can't. I've been going through uh, a golden era of renaissance, and I can't. We mm. can't get into this because it's going to go <laughs> for so long. It makes, yeah. Okay. I'm going to just list them off real quick. It makes me really sad that the Macho Man never fought The Undertaker. Mm. The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels in like 2007 or whatever it was was really great. I liked it very much. And um, The Undertaker's great, but he makes a really bad golf partner. I mean, to be honest, mm-hmm. like, he sometimes you just hit him with a club and he acts like you didn't even hit him. <laughs> I know, it's creepy. And his caddy, Paul Bearer, is really annoying. You gotta get Andre the Giant in there. He's always like, oh, what a slice! <laughs> <laughs> and how does he keep all those golf clubs in that urn? <laughs> yeah, I don't does. get it. <laughs> that is fishy. An urn of holding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, that's a nice... Oh, I'm writing that down for other purposes. All right, well... So I think we've we've all shared what we were what we decided to share on the spur of the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we're still stuck in this dungeon, but... Uh... Oh, Haju! What's that, Haju? Oh, happy holidays to you, too. Oh, I'm sorry, you wanted to play a track. Uh, yeah. Do we... We have time for another track. I don't think we're going anywhere. What do you think, Josh? I don't know. These candles are burning pretty low. <laughs> but Josh, the Can- weather outside is frightful. <laughs> the fire is so delightful. It, it remains delightful. I suppose we have a little time. All right, Haju. Uh, what do you want to play? Can you can you read her uh, 
her display, Josh? Oh, <clears throat> uh, yeah. Okay, so Haju, you, you want to play Silent Debuggers? Never heard of that game. Okay, track input your name sounds a little weird. Okay, Shogo Sakai, <laughs> Masaki Iwasaki, Takafumi Miura, Yusuke Takahama, and Yuji Suzuki. Uh, they're the ones who wrote it. Neat. Okay, and it's written uh, for the TurboGrafx-16. Cool. Let's take a listen, everybody. Hey, Josh, do you know why you've never heard of this game? Uh, why is that? Because it's silent debuggers. (laughs) Feel free to insert as many laughs as you want. (laughs) Yeah, we got a a good holiday special laughing moment there, you know? (laughs) I don't know about you, Josh, but I actually had my hand on my stomach and was kind of tilting my head back like, ah. Is that the freeze frame when the credits hit? Exactly. A sweater, a sweater suddenly appeared on me when you said that joke. So, <laughs> must have worked. I have been what called sweater breath. Wait, what? Yeah, my my voice can it can call forth. Are sweaters. you trying to? Y- yeah, sweater yeah. breath. Yeah, sweater you breath. did. You won the band name competition. I get it. <laughs> sweater breath. Okay? Yeah, that's right. And don't forget, you're gonna use one of mine. You're gonna have to talk to my. Lawyers. You gotta talk to myself. Yeah. I think I think Haju is kinda leaning the diet's way now after <laughs> after winning the uh, the band name competition. She's kinda hanging around. Haju, I'll cut you a deal. <laughs> this is a good track. It's a shorty. Um I'm trying to think of why. I get only the good vibes from it. Only the good vibes. I don't think vibes. it has any other vibes. Yeah. I, think I ha- looked at this game online. It looks kind of lame. There's no music during the exploration and combat, but I do like the track. This is great. Wait. There's no music during the exploration or combat, but there's a yeah, name it, input track? Yeah, if you look track? at videos of the game, the game looks really kind of lame. 
So wait, Ooh. but so, okay, so I'm just imagining a silent game, and then you get this awesome track yeah. for inputting your name. <laughs> so like, there's, you know, there's sound effects, too. but no music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so like, your your goal as a player is like, man, I can't wait until I die and I get to the input your name <laughs> screen, and then we're gonna we rock want them out. To feel, yeah, we want them to feel really good when it's over. <laughs> you know, so whatever we can do programming-wise, music-wise. Yeah, right. I'm sorry that you have died here, but you still did a really good job at this, you know, etc. Oh, I like yeah. that. Yeah. I feel like you it could does use sound this, like, yeah. It does sound like a lame game. I mean, like, or a lame job, you know? Yeah, you can debug this, but just just stay quiet. <laughs> just okay? shut up about it. We get it. You're <laughs> debugging. <laughs> you, look, I know not everybody wants to do this job, and... You don't want to do it either, but since we're paying you, just just don't talk to us, okay? Please just debuggers stay over should be seen and not heard. <laughs> yeah, maybe this is a poorly translated game about exterminators, stealthy oh, exterminators. That still sounds boring. <laughs> yeah, it, does sound boring. Bo- it does sound boring. You're right. So wait, so uh, Wicked Sephiroth, what is it? What does the gameplay actually look like? What what kind of style is it? It's, uh, if I remember, it's kind of like a first-person thing in your, uh... Let me look at it again. First-person, huh? For what it's worth, I am still dancing to this track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a good... Yeah, it's like you're, um... It's not first-person, uh, but, but you're kind of, uh, searching through these tunnels. You're on a ship. <sighs> hmm. Cool. Yeah, you're like exploring a space station, and you're you're you like turn left, turn right. It's really choppy, and you're walking forward, and you just hear the. Oh, it's like a dungeon crawler. Yeah, like a first person. Yeah, like a space age dungeon crawler. Oh man! But then you get this this party jam when you uh when you're at the high score. Interesting. It is finally over. You don't have to play this game. Um. Yeah. Right. You still did a pretty good job. Hey, I heard your footsteps over there. I really think that if you just took this and put something else, it would, it would, you could get a full song. Yeah, we should just wrap this up in a package, send it off to, like, Alberto Jose Gonzalez, and then just see what happens. This could be his Christmas gift? Yeah, please complete this. Please expand upon this. So really, it's our gift, but That's true, we disguise right. it like it's a gift for Sneaky. him. I see what you're saying. Like, it could have a melody stacked on top of it, and that'd be pretty yeah. good. <laughs> what we should do is we It'd should like... sneak into his house like Santa uh-huh. and just hum this into his ear while he's sleeping. Yeah. It'd be like in Back to the Future when you put the headset on his head, turn it up all the way. Yeah. Yeah. And he wakes up and he's like... Oh, baby. Something like yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we just need to find another that's song that's only melody, and then we'll just layer the two together. A little Frankenstein of VGM. Ooh. Patrons, can you do this? Yeah, please. Someone else. I don't want to do that at all. But I'd love for do someone else to. Do you have these to. abilities? 
or just like make up your own melody and do a karaoke for it. Yeah, that sure. would be cool. Uh, do it like do like a, almost like acapella. Just have someone record their voice like three or four different parts. Or Wicked Sephiroth could just rap over it. Oh yeah! This is a I mean, this would be a challenging track. We to all rap in on. unison turn to Ian Maybe. and stare. <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna let my masterpiece stand alone. <laughs> <laughs> that was a one shot deal. This well is what enough. I want to be remembered for. <laughs> Silent debuggers making noise in the basement. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> noise All right, well, Haji, I'm going to turn down your party jam. And maybe put Winter's White back on to get us back yeah. into this vibe. Um, that was a lovely holiday, and I'm really glad that we all got to spend it together here in this bar. Um, while we finish the last of the Cocoa and Latkes, does anyone have any warm, optimistic, end-of-the-holiday special-type monologues to deliver? <laughs> I do. And also, I had an idea. You could put the uh, the dungeon twinkly theme behind this. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> my, oh, okay. my, my uh, style of holiday. It might go well with it. Uh, all right, anyway. I just wanted to take a minute to echo the sentiments that I've heard from Josh and Emily, Robin Purnell, and many others. What a wonderful community we've created here between all the BGM podcasters, listeners, Facebook groups, and all the people who help out the show in various ways. Thank you. I love you all. Aww. Well said. Echoed. The dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> that was very sweet. Well, we were, we, we were really excited to have you here, Wicked Sephiroth, uh, as our boss parade winner. And uh, I don't know, I just feel like that made it really special. And you too, the dyad, but... You know, the dyad. Excited for Wicked Sephiroth, tolerated the dyad. <laughs> right, exactly. And you too, the dyad. <laughs> um, so, oh, wow, I don't know. That was really well said. I guess. Do you have anything to add, Josh? You echoed. I no, I don't participate too hard on those groups, but I am lurking. And it warms my heart very much. Very good. And, uh, yeah, every time somebody um, comes out with a new podcast, I love it. Uh, I don't have... I'm not really in touch with my emotions sometimes. (laughs) I really put you on the spot, I'm sorry. You're not sentimental no matter where you live? Maybe I'll write a song about it. Silently sentimental? Sentimental Mm -hmm. in song. I gotta debug all these uh, feelings, you know, but gotta do it in silence. So, <laughs> the dyad. Do you have anything? Uh, no, I think that uh, wicked wicked Sephiroth said it uh, just right. I think that yeah. hit the nail on the head. It's a great community. I concur. I concur. Um, the only thing I can think to add is. Hey, what's that sound? Say your prayers, Toidles. Otherwise, you may not dream of sugar plums or ice cream and peanut butter anchovy pizza. Mm-mm. Mm. 
Yes, I'm aware I just made a lame extended reference there, but it's the season and Christmas is a time for jokes and... Hmm. Hmm, right. Konami is still a powerful entity, even if they're only making erotic pachinko machines nowadays. But I don't think they'll mind much if I take a phrase a video game character uttered a long time ago. And I don't even think they... Oh, guys. I think we've tunneled into someone's darkest dungeon. Kawabanga! Alright, now, now guys, mind the vehicle threshold when you disembark. It would be pretty easy to hurt yourself. My toes! My toes! Now see, what did I tell you? I know you've only got two toes, but considering a lifetime and a pair of comfortable sneakers might not be a bad idea, considering you're ninjas and all. <laughs> hey, just see what I uh, did just there. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm stopping. I'm stopping. No more bad jokes, I promise. Oh, hey, there's Josh and Emily. Hmm. In a dungeon. Yet again. Not like we didn't see that one coming. Guys, what are you doing here? And what's that weird machine you're using? Well, Josh, Emily, patrons. How did I get a hold of this drilling machine? Well, as it happened... I decided to spend my Christmas holidays from Haju Yu by traveling to New York. And as is most natural, I did a Technodrome raid with the Ninja Turtles. And once we freaked the foot, mangled the mousers, and vaporized Krang and Shredder to milkshakes... Mm. Hey, cool it, Carrot Cakes. I know all about copyright infringement and... Ah, uh, oh man. My watch just stopped. Hey, does anyone know what time it is? Pizza time! Hmm. Alright, now that one wasn't me, I swear. I can't help it when the spirit of making bad jokes runs rampant. It spreads like a plague, especially during this festive time of year. And we're steering entirely off topic. So, once we finished wassailing the Technodrome, don't stop me, Carrot Man, we decided to decorate it for the holiday season. I mean, the thing already looks like a giant ornament to begin with. Why not change it from a battle fortress of mass destruction into a vehicle designed to bring holiday cheer to masses the world over? Why, we even commandeered one of their vehicles and spread the goodwill of Christmas to all parts of the Earth's core, including a lost world of dinosaurs. As for now, we're on our way back to Haju Yu to stock up on holiday cocoa and ugly sweaters. From the look of it, I suspect the idea of roasting in front of a warm fire brimming with holiday cheer might be appealing to you as well? I think we're well overdue for that. Agreed. Let's get this drill and drive and head back to civilization. Well, while we catch this sweet ride through the snow, let's give a huge thanks to our track recommenders. The Us! <laughs> uh, featuring Ben Dishman, the Dyad, Wicked Sephiroth, A.K.A. Ian Haju and Anamite for the rescue. And thanks to Electric Boogaloo for vetting our composer information. And thanks to everyone else who's supported the show over all these years. Please check out the VGM Podcast Fans Facebook group to stay in touch with all the other patrons and us too. All the back issues of the podcast are still available out there in a nice, shiny plastic pouch. So subscribe on iTunes or any podcatcher to go get them and relive the memories. 
Happy holidays. And as you all know by now, you mean so much to us. And you always will.